Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to the School of Last Podcast. This is Rick Roberts. Alongside me is producer Gavin. How's it going, sir? Good. Good to Very have good. you here, buddy. Hey, today's going to be a little more lighthearted. I think we've been laying some heavy stuff out in the past few episodes. <laughs> so we're yeah. going to talk about traits of the greats. Yeah. Uh, different traits that seem to be uh, common between the greatest comics out there. And no particular comic has all the traits, but I'll challenge you to find a comic that you like that doesn't have some yeah. or more than one of the traits we'll talk about today. Cool. So this is just going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. Before hopefully. we get into that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if not, you'll never hear this. Yeah. And we'll pull the plug right yeah. on it. Uh, as always, though, we want to read a couple of iTunes reviews. Uh, I love getting these in. And once again, our goal is 50 before the end of the year, before the end of 2014. So yes. if you haven't, if you've listened to this at all and gotten anything out of it, please log in and give us a quick review. Just tell us what you think. It doesn't have to be the... A, a great shiny review if you, if you don't like it let me know yeah. what you don't like but <laughs> review us and I'd like to read a couple here one this is kind of fun because I got to do a show a few weeks ago and help raise some money at uh, Comedy Off Broadway in Lexington, Kentucky oh cool uh, the club closest to where I grew up and worked with a guy named Sean Reynolds Sean Sean I appreciate because he's a funny guy and he has five kids oh man and he was raising money for <laughs> other families Holy I was like cow. Sean five <laughs> kids we should do a fundraiser for you buddy yeah but Sean left us a review here, and it's awfully nice. It says, uh, I can honestly say I walk away from each episode feeling like I learned something that will make me or has already made me a better comic. The advice and insight Rick gives is outstanding. I also had the pleasure to finally work with Rick wow. this month, and I'll tell you, he's the real deal. I'm just reading this because I like to hear it. He's yeah. an awesome comic, and it's so great to get comedy lessons from him. That's so cool. Hey, Sean, thanks. I'll send the five bucks in the mail to you. <laughs> and uh, that was fun. We raised some money for three different families that were facing some tough times, and hopefully that helped them out a little bit. Yeah. And I appreciated you asking me to, to join in. That was fun, Sean. That's awesome. And then from Q Green, hey, guys, very good info here. I drive a lot for my day gig, and it's a great lesson. So, Q, we don't know much about you, buddy, but I appreciate you leaving that review and certainly hope you continue to listen and find some fun stuff yeah. in these talks. And today is kind of a lighthearted sure. talk, you know? Good. I, I was know. getting nervous. We covered, like, goals and We're going to talk about your 401K and, K and how the K should be C for comedy, which yeah. means broke. No. <laughs> today we're going to talk about what I think are some common traits amongst the comics that I really enjoy. And the more I looked at this little list we put together... It's hard to find a comic out there that's well-known and successful that doesn't have at least one of these traits. Yeah. But none of the comics that I go through my mind have all of these traits. Hmm. Or nothing, it doesn't appear that way. Right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some got really close, maybe some do. Uh, there's a million comics that I right. still haven't seen. But when we think about, before we even get into the list uh, of, of comics and traits, I'm always curious, Gavin, like, <laughs> I know that you said Bill Hicks in a previous episode was somebody yes. that really got you going early, but what comics either old or still current do you do you like to watch tune into and um appreciate? yeah i mean i have like i don't know i'm always late to the bandwagon i want to make sure somebody's like gonna be there for a long time before i say you know so anything. you just found bob newhart yeah he's that's great, great. <laughs> he is great um <laughs> this is daryl this is my brother daryl this is my other brother daryl larry daryl daryl is one of the funniest things ever yeah um yeah no i uh for a long time i guess I, I mean, I don't know if it's 
particularly stand up. Now he's doing a little bit of stand up, but I liked Adam Carolla. Um, mm-hmm. That seemed like his brand of humor was like it it hit me because it was all about construction and that kind of stuff, and that's what I knew about. So it it hit home. So I started listening. That's when I started really listening to people be able to have you know a funny conversation and that kind of thing. So that that has been somebody who I kind of I kind of check in to see like what he's doing, you know, uh-huh. all the time. But definitely Bill Hicks. Um, as I said before, that was that was a huge one for me. Um, that showed me that comedy could be more than just sort of a fleeting moment of laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, it was hilarious, um, but it was probably true, and and you may need to look a little bit on the inside, you know. And so it really hit home. Like that was a really, especially I was going through, I guess, teenage years and uh-huh. stuff. So you start to do that introspection a little bit, you know. And then we've got somebody like God only knows what's happened to me now with Bill Hicks helping me with my intro, introspection, you know. <laughs> but but uh, well, it's funny because yeah. you know I think it is those middle teenage years where you realize That's that comedy has multiple levels to it. Yeah. You know, when I was young, uh, Bill Cosby, you know, who's going through a lot of stuff yeah. now definitely was on tv a lot and yeah. and you know all kinds of specials and stuff so he was on the radar but his See, i didn't know some of those people i didn't know some of those people were were comedians because like, you just i saw didn't them on really TV know before. what that was uh-huh. and so i i i just remembered i guess i think it was off the back of some album that i had heard of that i saw this picture of this guy who did sound like he was doing some stand-up and i looked up that name and saw that he had some comedy CDs out, and that's how I found it. Hmm. That was sort of the first, maybe I'd seen some stuff on TV. I mean, I remember my dad listening to um, all the Bill Cosby albums, like in the car, you know, the car or in the house or whatever. So that was kind of, but I didn't really, I was too young, I didn't know. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I thought it was interesting. You know, I, I liked Steve Martin, oh, Bill yes. Cosby. Yeah. And, and most of the people I liked early on, they didn't necessarily have a lot of social commentary going on in their set. Right. You know, maybe, you know, very masked social bit, commentary. Yeah. But overall, it was just comedy on the surface. And sure. it was, here's a funny story and here's a funny joke. Yeah. And then when I started, you know, getting into, you know, some of the – Eddie Murphy was kind of big, you know. When I grew – I was born in 68, so <laughs> Richard Pryor was around in the 70s, blazing the trail, but I didn't obviously listen to him when I was in third grade and right. fourth grade and whatnot, <laughs> and Red Fox before him and all those yeah. guys. But Eddie Murphy, when yeah. he came out, that was some of the biggest comedy albums ever. Uh, and, in the history of the universe. Yeah. I mean – And very silly. You but, need a leather suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the red leather suit. But very silly still, but there, you started noticing, hey, sometimes they can make a – they make a statement as well, yeah. You know, and then I started seeing guys that were more like that, and then of course George Carlin. When I finally got hip to him, I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, they start elevating. Wait, there's a multiple. It's like watching a Disney movie, and they got the jokes for the kids, and they got the jokes for the adults at the same, at the time, same time. You know, yeah. And so that's when I really started to appreciate comedy and think, wow, this is a more more of an art form than I thought. Right. You know, lots of people can be silly and goofy, but man, when they start to layer it, yeah. And, you know, then I went back and started looking at some of the people before them and realized what they were doing. And, you know, even like we said, Newhart a second ago, yeah. he was doing some social commentary and yes. he, was, he was really raking the old advertising people over the coals right yeah. in front of them. And they were <laughs> applauding it. Like, I was like, this guy, yeah. they, they had this extra level. So I, I appreciated comics more the older I got. Yeah. And that, I think that's what I'm finding is that, like, now that I'm looking back, I'm going, like, oh, wow, that's what they were talking about. Right. You know, or man, they did that for 30 years before they, you know, before I realized how cool they were. You yeah. Know? That's and, the thing. And you can even appreciate, like, I can definitely appreciate comics that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't even know what my taste would be. I kind of I'm all over the place. But there are comics that are super big successes that right. I really don't like their style of comedy, but I can definitely appreciate sure. things within that and see why they're so successful. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely the more the more I've taken the classes and stuff, the more I get into dissecting it. Definitely, the more I appreciate all kinds of different comics who have nothing to do with my style or my thought patterns or, or who are diametrically opposed to my philosophies and morals right. and everything. But I'm still like, gosh, they're good. Yeah. Like, they're really good. Yeah, the structure, you, definitely from like dissecting it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's the same like if I'm a casual architecture fan. Right. But if somebody says there's a Frank Lloyd Wright house around the corner, you want to go see it? Yes. I'm going to go see it because yeah. I know that he crafted that thing with special touches yes. and nuances that only he would even think of. Yep. And sometimes when I see a great comic, it's the same kind of mm-hmm. deal. You're like, well, you know, Chappelle is so good at really saying more than one thing at the same time. Yeah. You know, and one I got th- to see him a lot uh, in D.C., and he was it was always so cool. He was a really smart guy and, yeah. and really different layers of things going on. So so this is a little list of yeah. <laughs> of traits of the greats, and we'll go through them one at a time. I may just throw out a comic who you think cool. has yeah. this trait. Uh, one, I mean, we have to say you have to have brilliant – Material, yes. That, now, not every comic's going to have it, but that is a trait of some of the greats. And I think of George Carlin. Yeah. I think uh, Louis C.K.'s cranking it out at a high level right Gosh, now. Yeah. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, even though it's simple topics. Yeah. It's really good material. Yeah. I mean, I if you can of, do uh, ten minutes on cheese and bacon, <laughs> not only do you make me hungry, but yeah. you show me there's more than just the one punchline. Yeah. Hun, what you working on? Uh oh, five more minutes on bacon. Yeah. yeah. I've got it down to. I've got bacon bits. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no. I and I. Uh, I thought of another guy. You know, Stephen Wright. I mean, you know, Stephen Wright. If you look at the brilliant material, I mean, his whole thing. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit on delivery, but anyone can say his joke just about, and you get the the brilliance of the words that he's chosen and and that is like gosh that's so brilliant that it's like man he just hits it yeah really good you know mitch hedberg you know you can't say, say Stephen yes. Wright without me thinking yeah, mitch hedberg and he had the same kind of uh, ability to craft not only was it the economy of words because both of those guys were very tight with the way they wrote but the twist and sometimes the second twist i that know comes in you're there. like gosh you know i think anthony jeselnik too same kind of deal yep. he's very tight on the mm-hmm. words and triple sometimes misdirection yeah. on the punchlines and the totally. tags and really great stuff yeah uh, all kinds of, you know bill burr i think is out there uh-huh. really you know he's he's a high volume high content creator Not yeah. a, of course he does the monday morning podcast which is fun if you guys want to check him out just freestyling totally but for an hour on the mondays after he gets back from the gigs he'll kind of tell you about it and it's it's a good one to listen to but definitely some some brilliant material that he throws out on stage i mean there's all kinds I mean, we can go on and on. And it's tough. And you have to, I think nowadays, even more so than it used to, you have to come up with a lot of brilliant material mm-hmm. because you have to produce, you know, people are doing podcasts, they're doing radio interviews, they're doing, you know, shows, they're doing all so many more things that you have to come up with more of it. So you really see if someone's a good writer when they can come up with that much more material than what, even what Cosby and those guys had to do where they they had their hour and they just did their hour for 20 years and back you know obviously back then that hour could last you for 10 years until yeah. everybody in the world saw the hour then yeah. you move on there was no yeah. you know it, first off most of those county specials weren't on the three channels oh yeah and when sure. when cable came out a lot of people didn't have it so they yeah. would have the original then they would sell it yep and then now you can download it so yeah. it's a heavily more consumed now more heavily totally, consumed totally than ever before so 
Hey, to crank it out on such a high level, I really appreciate those guys. Yeah, you know? definitely you know, some brilliant material. So brilliant material is definitely a trait. Uh, the ability to connect with the audience. <laughs> now, I'm going to say that twice because I don't think a lot of new comics think about that. Yeah. The ability to connect with an audience. <laughs> if you're able to do that, you can develop your audience. Right, okay. So when, when, you first start, when I first started, I was just trying to put jokes together. Right. And oftentimes, I didn't even have a set list. I would just, here, I've got 10 jokes. I'll just throw them out, whichever one pukes out of my mouth next, and then here it comes the next one. And it wasn't really consistent for one thing, but right. I wasn't even thinking, okay, it's great to do material that makes me laugh, but it has to make the audience laugh. I have to right. connect with them. Sure. And, you know, to be honest, when you first start, if you're 20, 21, 18, yeah. And you get to that late or middle show on a Saturday where everybody's fit, you know forty or sure. you know first show Saturday yeah. when they're fifty, or, you know the older group. I didn't have material that connected with them. Yeah, I mean they they might give me a laugh and go, oh, my kid would say something like that. Sure, but I had nothing. The older I got, the more I was in the middle pocket. You know, thirty to forty. Right. You're in the middle of most people that are alive. You know, you're close. You're only ten years, yeah. fifteen years on either side of these. Yeah. So you connected a lot more, but making the intentional decision to write stuff that's relatable yeah it can still be all the other things that a great comic makes their material but if it can't be relatable nobody's gonna want to come back and see you totally totally they're not getting invested in you right you know and so there's lots of guys I I think that are out there that are able to connect on different levels I mean we said Chappelle I think he does that great Louis C.K. he really breaks down very complex topics into a very digestible and relatable way. Yeah. Oh, very much so. I, yeah, everything revolves around his family and his kids and, you know, things that you can relate to. Oh, yeah, I have that. I have this. I have that. You right. Know? Uh, I think Seinfeld was the same way. I mean, yes. he he had that kind of... He you know, sort of stands above it, but he's talking about experiences that everyone can, can relate to. It's experiences we all have look looked at at a different angle than any of us would have thought yeah like it, we could all walk into a museum and look at a, a painting and nine out of ten of us would say oh it's really colorful or there's a lot of movement there and, and then a seinfeld-esque observation would, would be what about the ankle bracelet on the fourth dog right yeah like, isn't what? that weird yeah <laughs> how are we look at the same picture and you picked out one that. little specific yeah. thing like that totally but the material the, the content the topic is something we all understand can and can relate to, to. yeah and it's just finding that little twist there is what made it so cool. Yeah. Uh, lots of different guys that can connect. You know, Rodney Dangerfield, I get no respect. 99% of the people on the planet get no respect. Right, totally. So, so as soon as he said that, it had nothing to do with the joke or with whatever. They were just like, I'm with you, Every buddy. schmuck me in the world is like, I don't get any respect either. This yeah. guy is me. And, and, you know, kind of the everyday guy. And even, even visually, you know, those guys sort of look like every man. You know, they're not coming out in, you know, $3,000 suits. Louis C.K. is coming out in blue jeans and a black T-shirt. Right. You know, it, it's he's also connecting on a visual level as well. Yeah, you know? I mean, really, it's pretty incredible the <laughs> different things that comics do, you know. that It's to create a whole experience right. that you have with that comic on any given night, you know. Yeah, and, um, and once I thought, that, you know, Rodney kind of narrowed that down and focused on it, everything fed off of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So pretty, pretty good example. I remember there, when I, I uh, it was, uh, I was at the DC uh, Improv and I was getting to see Chappelle and he was talking about when he used to deliver pizzas in DC, 
And it was so cool because I was like, actually, my other job right now is I deliver pizzas, you know? And it was like just super connected to them. Bam. You know, it was like, all right, you and me, we've got this shared experience. You know, it it sounds stupid now, but I mean, but it really helped that he was given personal stories like that because it brought the whole audience into, yeah, we've all done crappy jobs. Right. You know. And I think it's easy for comics to forget that at the tail end of the career, too, because, you know, one thing I noticed, comics talk about travel a lot. Comics talk about hotels a lot. Yeah. And you got to look back at your audience and realize that, of course, lots more people travel on airplanes and stuff now, but they're not living the same day-to-day sure. stuff you are. So yeah. a little bit about that's okay, but keep it relatable and keep it relevant to those different people that are in front of you. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's pretty cool. The The unique delivery is a next trait. That's a big trait, yeah. <laughs> and not everybody starts out of the gate with that. I mean, some people have that natural difference in the way they speak. You know, like a Christopher Walken, you know, not totally. a comic, but yeah. his delivery is very unique. Yeah. You could... I was trying to think, who's have that you, comedian that has, like, it's a almost like a too long of a bowl cut? I hope he's still alive. Emo Phillips. That's the one yeah. I was thinking of. Emo's kind yeah. of very unique yes. delivery. Yeah. Yeah. My teacher said, can you hit a high C? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he's still gigging, yeah. Yeah. I see he's at a okay. casino in Illinois here coming oh, yeah. up. I just saw him on a, a Facebook post with a, a good buddy of mine. Oh, cool. Uh, performing out there. So that's cool. He's out there. Very unique delivery. Yeah. You know? Doesn't have to be that extreme. No. But the cadence and and the style that you deliver it with, most comics develop that over time. You know, you can think about Robin Williams. Right. You know, maybe not brilliant material sometimes, but the delivery oh, yeah. was very unique. He he almost brought a, a well, he did. He brought a theatrical Juilliard approach to delivering stand-up comedy. So totally, that, that was definitely different. Um, I was thinking Andy Kaufman. That was one of oh, the ones yeah. I thought of. The, yeah. I mean, just totally unique. You don't get that everywhere else. You no. Know? <laughs> and Jim Gaffigan again's got that voice, that, that yes. secondary voice, yeah. the voice of the audience, which is. Such a, I mean, he, to be fair, I don't think he's the first guy to do that. To do the secondary voice. Right. But if you did, if any of us started it now, we'd all be compared to him. Copy, yeah. You know, absolutely. Kevin Nealon had the subliminal man on Saturday Night Live. Right. Uh, Wendy Lieberman would have that, that rolling punchline. Sure. That would have something similar to that. Yeah. So, but. But he really separated it. He did a different, he did the different voice. He did the different, you know, and. And he took, in a lot of it, he took the audience's perspective. Almost every time. Instead of, like, just someone else's or an internal dialogue, he took the audience's perspective, which also gave him the ability to connect, you know. (laughs) Which is a ridiculously great way to connect. He says what they're thinking. Yeah. So not only can they not think it anymore, he's already made them laugh for for thinking that. Right, yeah. So it's a a totally great way to disarm anybody that is even thinking negative (laughs) thoughts about you. You just say the negative thought they're thinking. Yeah. It's like Eminem and 8 Mile. He comes out and says, I'm a redneck from a trailer you know yeah you got nothing to throw at him you, <laughs> right he's totally owned it yeah and totally. you got to keep on going and it's, it's really a brilliant thing because you you can write the joke then you can write what they think of the joke Gosh, it's like yeah. being a comedy duo on stage by yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at his last per minute you know that's something oh, we, we'll talk about in an episode for sure we all know the term but to sit there and, and clock some of these guys it's insane. i mean gaffigan's a ridiculously yeah. high level uh so it, it, Definitely, he's got the unique delivery. You know, Stephen Wright had the unique delivery for yeah. sure. Uh, Don Rickles. Mm-hmm. Remember old Don Rickles? He had that kind of same kind of thing going on. Carlin had his unique delivery. Right. You know, here in the South, uh, Tim Wilson, not not with us anymore, but right. he had a very unique sounding voice. 
So, I mean, if you could turn on the radio and hear these guys, even if they were reading the weather or the news, you would know who it was. I could nail it in a second. You know, Foxworthy, you know? I think, has that kind of delivery. Yep. It's very unique, and oftentimes people copy it to a degree or they're influenced by it. But yeah. you can tell who they're influenced by. Yeah, totally. And so unique deliveries definitely in there. I don't think my delivery is particularly <laughs> unique, but it's getting more defined all the time with my point of view. And that's our next yeah, trait is our <laughs> point of view. <laughs> Where is this guy coming from? You know, think about that. Comics definitely evolve. Yeah, there's very few that I can think of that, that I saw the beginning and, and that there's exactly what they were 20 right. years ago or what have sure. you. But you do get to a point where you want to deliver on the expectation. People are coming to see you for that point of view. Sure. You know, say if Bill Maher went out and started doing Carrot Top Sack now, <laughs> it's not even – you can't believe that at all. Yeah. There's no validity to <laughs> it. Like, I thought this stuff was funny. <laughs> right. Now, like Dennis Miller with his political things, he's kind of flipped to the other side yeah. in past years. So it can evolve, but you knew him for political humor. Right. Or for pop culture yeah. humor wrapped into that. So it evolves into that particular point of view over time. The great thing is when comics can tap into that early – your material is so much easier to write because you know the voice you're writing for. Sure, and that comes into that whole trying to figure out yourself. You know, yeah. it's so tough. You know, I mean, that is just that is one of the things I struggle with. Is just like, who am I? Like, what what kind of comic do I want to be? Like, right, and it's and that could. I mean, really, tough. that could be analysis by para, you know, paralysis it is. by analysis. It totally is. I try to use two big words. And I look for inverted. ways to beat myself up, and that's one. That right. is definitely. I mean, it's weird. Like all these traits are things you want to be cognizant of, and you know, it's impossible to just flip a switch and, and do all these things. Right. But I, what I what I hope we don't have from this conversation, we still got a couple <laughs> to go, is that you're like, I I'll never do any of these things. Yeah. You're just mentioning famous people. But m- many comics that you don't know, yeah. they all have these traits wrapped in there. Uh, but your point of view, you know, mine now is evolved to a middle-aged guy who realizes, this, this is the wrinkle that I've added the past year. Right. Before this past year, I would make fun of maybe something in pop culture and, and you know, say like a Taylor Swift song or sure. something, and just make fun of that. Yeah. What my wrinkle now is I'm acknowledging what things on this planet aren't for me. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. my point of view for my whole next CD that I'm working on for 2015. That you've relaxed into that. Yeah, yeah. and it's just because it, it made no sense for me to go up there and, and make fun of a Taylor Swift song, you know what, because her like, songs aren't meant for me. Right. I'm not a 13-year-old <laughs> yeah. girl. yeah. Never. Not even on Halloween. <laughs> You've never been. I've never yeah. been. And I don't even remember talking to 13-year-old girls. Yeah. And my girl, my baby's I 11 years from being one. I have to admit. No. <laughs> so my whole point of view now yeah. is trying to figure out where I fit in sure. in life. And that gives me a lot of doors to open for totally. comedy. But it evolved into that. Yeah. You know, when I first started out, it was totally just about whatever's around me right now. The environment I was in That's was... That's how I feel. I feel like I'm just sitting in my computer room just like grabbing for anything that I could possibly like just get some squeeze some little comic idea out of I'm like oh god you know I gotta do that I gotta do that you know it's tough well I think you know one little takeaway you can have from this this particular section is when you look at the topic that you want to make fun of figure just first ask yourself how do I feel about it right and, and put yourself into the joke yeah you know that's what kind of happened with me on that one particular Taylor Swift joke which the joke simply is uh, there's no 
country music for guys my age anymore. Right. Taylor Swift has sold the most albums in the past three years, but her songs aren't meant for me. Yeah. They're all meant. They're all about breaking up with boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> She's got 16 songs about breaking up with boyfriends. <laughs> I'm thinking after 16 boyfriends, it could be you. Yeah. <laughs> Why you got to be so mean? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine being a guy dating her, thinking, "What does my name rhyme with? This is right. not going to end well." I yeah, shake it off. <laughs> so anyway, but that makes more sense if I started out by saying totally. I wish there was songs for me. So I put myself into that. Right. And I could say that about any type of music, any yeah. type of situation this, in life. Yeah, I wish this song was meant for me. You know, it's called My Metamucil's Too Thick. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> I am not there yet. It, um, well, I'm drinking Metamucil, but it's not yeah, too thick. Yeah, but it's right. It's not too thick. Gotcha. 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 I've got my juicer. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, don't always worry about uh, finding your point of view. You'll eventually find it. But you should look at every joke you have and ask, yeah. where do I fit in this joke? Yeah. Why did I even write a joke about this? That's mm-hmm. kind of what you should be talking about more than the topic itself. Yeah. The, the other the other thing that I, I guess I struggle with as well uh, when I'm thinking about that stuff is, do am I placing myself as smarter than than the audience or dumber than the audience? You know, you know what I mean? Like placing myself above the joke or below it? Like am I judging it or am I... I know what you're saying. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm describing that correctly. No, because no, you want to write to, you know, you want to connect with the ability to connect, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. And so you're looking at the material before you try it out, and you're wondering. Right. I think you need to try it out. And figure and that find out. Yeah. Out. Okay. Because if they don't laugh, then you're not smarter than the audience. Right. Yeah. If they do laugh, you're as smart as them because you were able to convey it. Okay. Okay. You know, there's there's no moral victories in being smarter than the crowd. That's yeah. what you're worried about. It's like, I don't want to write something like, but you want to make sure the information is there enough for them to get the joke. Right, yeah. So no, so if you're talking about atomic particles or you're talking about global warming, some people may not be as tuned into it as you are, but you need to give them just enough information in the setup for okay. them to understand the punchline. Okay. And nothing else beyond that. So cool. that's cool. And then perseverance. We'll just wrap with that trait. <laughs> No comic you've seen has made it without lots of perseverance. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a couple of guys that shot up really fast that got there much quicker than other people. Right. You know, there's a few of those every decade where you're like, what? That guy didn't suffer through the club scene or this sure. or whatever. Yeah. Don't sweat it. 99.9% of comics have had to go through all of the open mics. All of the weeks at the club, all the weeks at the club where there's a third show Saturday that nobody wants to pay attention to, or the show Sunday where the comic is checking out mentally, waiting to get home and and make the drive back. Yeah. All the road gigs, the, you know, I've I've had a lot of driving gigs this past year. Yeah. uh, Just because it was, some places it's impossible to fly. (laughs) You know, it (laughs) makes more sense. And gas came down a little bit. So I drove a few. So I kind of relived some of my days where I had some of those 800 mile weeks and. Thousand miles, you know, yes. three three gigs in four days and a thousand yep. miles and stuff. So, all of the comics that are great have persevered through those. Not only the hassle factor of those gigs, but the same things we worry about. Am I too, is the joke too smart for the crowd? Yeah, yeah. Am yeah. I connecting with the crowd? But of all the traits of the greats, regardless, <laughs> if you're going to be a great comic, if you only have this one, you can still make it. Okay. If you have perseverance. Because when I look at my material, right? Okay, I'm just now starting into my point of view, my, my voice a little bit. Yeah, it's changed, but I kind of feel better about it now than ever. My delivery is not particularly unique. Uh, I do connect pretty well with the crowd. Right. I, that's one of my when people walk away from my show. That's the one thing I hear the most is, "Man, you talked about stuff we could really relate to." Okay. So I think I've got that one. Brilliant material. 
moments and glances, but not for the solid hour. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know. So right. But what do I have the most of? Perseverance. Yeah. Because twenty three years of me. N- a, being too dumb to realize I didn't have the other <laughs> traits, I would have quit if I probably looked at this list early right. on. It's just a matter of... Yeah, it's just, a little daunting when I'm just starting out to see that list and I'm like, geez. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, if, if the top, if your goal... But my thing is, I like you said, the perseverance, I'm going to keep working. Yeah. I will figure out the other uh, you know, five points of view if I can figure out the sixth one, which is the perseverance. You know? Right. And and without that goal, you wouldn't have that momentum to persevere. Right. Yeah. You would just be sustaining. Yeah. And sustenance doesn't even sound good, does it? <sighs> it sounds sustenance mis- is when you're this, on an island and you're eating coconuts for fifty days. I feel like that's what I've got right now. It's just I'm just moving along well, with that's, life. I think you know it can be easy to be a comic that goes to open mics every other week, and you look back and you've done that for seven years. Right. And that's sustenance. You've yeah. sustained your place in the local Something, comedy yeah. scene. But without a goal, you can't persevere. A goal is set there to overachieve and to yeah. move forward. So definitely go back and listen to that uh, the episode <laughs> if you haven't. I'm trying to weave yeah. these in a little yeah. bit. But perseverance is something we can all, we should all be able to do. Oh, and if you so can't, tough. if you can't, or it's the energy or the passion isn't behind it, this might not be for you. Yeah, I mean, it could we're be a in, hobby. We're in uh, broad, we are broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee, we home are. of. A lot of people that don't have any perseverance. Oh, man. Man, I mean, people, you just watch them coming in on the buses with their acoustic guitar. They're like, I'm going to live the dream. And it's like two months later, it's like gone. Right. Or homeless. Uh, But, (laughs) well, yeah. But, you know. I see that. I've been here for like 13 or 14 years. Yeah. And I'm, you know, the one thing that I've learned is I, you never know who's going to break through. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. My wife used to work at RCA. Yeah. And so I would go in and, and pick her up for lunch, and I'd be in the elevator and see sure. all these different guys. <laughs> and we we were just talking the other day. It seems like Blake Shelton is about as big as you can get right now. Yeah. And she remembers him, just the big old mullet, mm-hmm. and hi to y'all, and yeah. in the elevator just trying to get a song on the air or yeah. a song pitched to somebody. Somebody. Before he's please. even an artist, yeah, you know? Yeah, please listen to me. Yeah. So what he did was persevere but you would have never guessed that from the initial thing so right. I'm never a, sure. a judge of early talent yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's everybody's just a big it's old just, ball of clay and until you strip away all the edges of that you don't yeah. know what's underneath there right so yeah. but you can't get there if you don't persevere and it takes the, it's so takes important it's so important just keep at it you yeah. know and one day, heck, you might stumble on that one thing that turns you from Dan Whitney to Larry the Cable Guy, and then boom, you're through the roof. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of blue collar, I mean, Ron White was a headliner for 20 years, you know, yeah. a, a majority of the 20 years he was doing comedy before blue collar thing hit. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, he was making a decent living for a while, but once that thing hit, he made it. Oh, my a, gosh. You know, yeah. it really relaxed things. Ridiculous. Now he can invest in wineries. And it's insane. Whiskeys yeah. or whatever he's doing. No, I remember when, when he would uh, call in on, you know, local radio shows to advertise his gigs mm-hmm. and stuff like that in the Baltimore area where I was going to school. And it was, you know, he was doing headlining and stuff like that, but it was nothing like what it is now. Yeah. I mean, geez. So you got you to gotta stick with it. Yeah. Go through the ups and downs. <laughs> and, you know, some of you guys listening now, guys and gals, you might quickly identify you've got three or four of these traits and you're just waiting for the the time on stage right. underneath the lights and the, the material so. to kind of propel it forward but when i look at that list i don't know any 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 comics that we would consider successful that don't have at least one of those traits if not uh, multiple, multiple yeah. traits 
Or if you think they don't have it, you don't know them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just taking a quick yeah. look at the list again, and, and guys like Carlin had brilliant material, was able to connect, had a unique delivery, had a point of view, had a voice, and persevered. So he had mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. So I think the Hall of Famers, you know, are looking at 80 90% of that list, yeah. if not all of it. Uh, not to be, you know, <laughs> not to put a big <laughs> hurdle in front of you guys, but you know, I'm, I'm always curious, once again, as we wrap things up, who are some of your favorite comics and what traits do they have that we mentioned today? Yeah. And I'm sure I left a few traits out that you identify that we didn't in this short list. Totally. If you heard about this podcast through a Facebook group, go ahead and comment on the on the post and let me know. And I'm always curious, you know, your point of view. <laughs> this is just two guys talking I know, here, yeah. <laughs> and we try to have fun with it, but I'm always curious about what's going on on the other end, where you're at in your career, and what's jumping out at you. I, that's what I want to connect with. So totally. the more you post about that stuff, the more I can dial in these episodes for you. Yeah. Well, Gavin, once again, <laughs> anyone out there listening that has a question that you'd like explored on the podcast, uh, feel free to email that to us at schooloflaughs at gmail.com. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave that review, and we'll read them on the air. Yes. Uh, also, School of Laughs is on Twitter. It's yes. at School of Laughs. You'll see, like, we just flipped that switch, so there's not yeah. too many people on there right now. I'm trying to get people off of my Rick Roberts Twitter, which I never use, yeah. and go to School of Laughs where I promote everything now. Facebook page, all those things. Uh, connect with us so we can connect with you. Yeah. Gavin, it'll probably be after... <laughs> Maybe after the holidays before I see Maybe, you again. Yeah. Uh, we might squeeze in a couple more podcasts yeah. next Tuesday. Yeah. We'll see. But you guys keep tuning in every Friday. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.